Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Turn to Cordishy and Coy. Call the show at 401-737-1287. Southern New England Sports Original. 103.7 WEEI. And welcome back to hour number two of Cordishian Coit on WEEI 401-777-1037 is that phone number. Okay, we resisted the Patriots talk for the better part of the first hour. Let's get into it here in hour number two. Things are not going well for the local football team. In fact, they are historically bad, at least in terms of the Bill Belichick tenure uh, here in New England. And, you know, I think we're all wondering, well, what, what's going to happen this season or this off season? What is going through Bob Kraft's head right now? And why are the Patriots in the situation that they currently find themselves in right now? So many questions to answer. Nick, I know we've been bouncing this stuff back and forth for the past few weeks on the show. It is the topic of conversation on Sports Talk Radio in Boston every day. I don't know that there is one reason you can pinpoint. I don't know that there is an easy solution that you can come up with either. I I think it's a a really complex issue that has many layers to it. Yeah, I I think so too, Scott. Um, Gosh, again, it just, it's so, it strikes me that it's October and we're already talking about, you know, future and what's going to happen and whatnot it's uh it stinks but that's the new reality here that's yep. that's where the patriots are at um you know so I, I, was, I was just i want to start can we start with mac jones sure. i, I want to start with him for for a reason and I would love to know the answer to this question, and I don't know if we'll ever get it until Belichick retires, but I would really like to know the answer to this question. Was Mac Jones a Bob Kraft call, or was it a Bill Belichick pick? In other words, was Belichick on board with it, or did he take Mac because that's what Kraft wanted or demanded? I don't know the answer to this, and I say that... What? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I think to, to answer this, I, I, I think a lot of people just kind of think that, you know, Mac was forced on on Bill or, you know, I don't know if Bill was interested in Mac or whatnot. So the one thing that always just I, I go back to is, again, this is me talking about, you know, the, being privy to uh, local news video, whatever, while I'm doing my job. Um, back, back in 2021, when the scouting process was happening, I remember we got video at the station from Alabama's pro day and Bill, Bill was there to watch Mac and talked with Mac afterwards and whatnot. Like he, he scouted the kid. Like, it's not like he was just, 
oh, okay, well, the owner wants this quarterback, so I guess we got to take him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think he put some work, and he went down with Josh McDaniels at the time. They went down there, and that to me tells me that I think Nick Saban probably said, you know, maybe this is a guy you might be interested in. Because I, I'm sure if it's an Alabama guy, he's calling Saban and asking, hey, what do you think of this kid? What do you think of this guy? So I don't, dispute, go- that, I don't dispute that he went down there to take a look yeah. back to evaluate him. But what makes you think that he and McDaniels came back to New England saying, yeah, we love this kid. We'd love to have him on our roster. Maybe they came back and they said, you know what? I don't think he's a, a, a legit NFL quarterback. Maybe I, not. I maybe. But I just I, – I think the – I don't know. The perception is that it's like he, he didn't want him at all. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think he, at the very least, was putting in the personal work that Belichick would do as a, you know, a scout himself to go see him, talk to him, meet him, all that stuff. I, I It's not like they were f- totally forced into taking the pick, if you will. I just think I feel like that's the perception sometimes is like he wanted totally wanted somebody else in that draft. And Kraft was like, no, you're taking this kid. I, I do think he at least was as you know interested or, or intrigued by him as a prospect. And guys, not only that, but let's not forget, Belichick gave Mac the starting job over Cam Newton during, yeah. during the summer. If he had zero faith in Mac at that point, I don't think he would have had the confidence to make that move. Yeah, well, I, I don't think, you know, it's not like you beat out a guy that was in his prime. I mean, no. Cam Newton was washed. We saw that the year before, so... I get that. Here's what I would say about Mac. Okay, my my big picture view of Mac Jones is this: first of all, he has not been set up to succeed here. Any time a quarterback in his first three years in the NFL has three different offensive coordinators, that is horrendous. Okay, so bad, bad job by the Patriots. Number two, he has not been surrounded with elite talent or elite weapons on the offensive side of the football. So that's that's another thing that's working against Mac that is not any fault of his own. Uh, his offensive line has been atrocious this year. Now, part of that is that they've got a lot of injuries, but the other part is they're just not playing well. So he's been under duress. So there's a lot of factors that, that play into why Mac hasn't been good. But to me, stepping back from all that stuff, I still I think if you surround Mac with elite talent, you give him protection, good offensive line, I think he can be a good, a decent NFL quarterback. I don't know if he can be an elite NFL quarterback, a top five guy. And what really bothers me the most, and this is my big picture view of Mac, is I don't think he's the leader that you that you want at that position. Like, you know, yes, it's been a lot of adversity he's had to deal with these last two years, and I don't think he's handled it well. He certainly didn't last year. He's done a better job of biting his tongue this year and not, you know, publicly whining or going outside the organization to, to complain to somebody about, you know, what's going on here. But I still, I don't think the guys in that locker room feel like he is a guy that can lead them. I I think they've lost confidence in him. He has yet to prove that he can lead the team from behind in a clutch moment and win a game. So for those reasons, even though I think Matt could be a good NFL quarterback if you surround him with the right talent, I just don't know if I want him here in New England because I don't think he's a great leader, and and I, I, I want a good leader at that position. I think I would agree with that, Scott. Um, I, I think that they have seen when when I hear him talk about you know being a better communicator and whatnot. I think it was last week, you know, before the game, you know, during the week, I was kind of like, isn't that something that should be assumed with you, Mac? Like you're the quarterback, you know, you should be speaking up at this point. You're a third year guy. 
you should be holding teammates accountable, that sort of thing. Like to hear him sort of verbalize it and say, I want to be better at that this week. I'm like, this, this is something that should have progressed. And it, and it had clearly hasn't, you know, over the three years that he's or two plus years that he's been here. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's something that they thought well of when they did draft him and it hasn't panned out well being the, being the leader that they envisioned him to be. Cause I was never under the assumption or the, um, you know, the thought that he was going to be, I, I never thought he was going to be elite Scott, but I thought if you, this was a guy that where the Patriots have failed is I, I thought this was a guy that if you surrounded him with the right talent, with his contract as a rookie and a rookie deal four or five years, you give him a good offensive line. You could give him good, good talent at the skill positions. Pay the money there that they could succeed. And I, I thought they were on track after year one. It was funny. I, I I watched a video of like some of the highlights from his rookie year. Somebody was floating those around on Twitter. He looks like a different guy on the field, and it's like, well, he's got good protection. Um, he's got guys that are, you know, getting open a bit. Maybe, maybe some of the NFL has sort of gotten the playbook on how to play the Patriots and cover Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne and not give them some of the opportunities. Maybe they got a couple of years ago. Um, you know, but watching those highlights, I'm like, man, if they did give him the right weapons and they did, they did play the playbook right of how to help a, you know, a quarterback on a rookie deal succeed then he might have success and be a good quarterback and you might be able to win with them. But they've, they've filled them. I think at, at, at all yeah. turns, three, three offensive coordinators in three years is, I mean, that is just a recipe for how not to handle your young quarterback. So I bring this up because I don't think it's out of the question and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I don't think it's out of the question that if Patriot fans are looking for Bob Kraft to make a big move of this organization this off season, I don't think it's out of the question to think that they could move on from Mac Jones, that they maybe trade him, get a middle-round draft pick, and just move on from Mac Jones. I think that that's in play. I think the one that everybody's talking about is, does Bob Kraft, you know, does he have the guts and the gumption to possibly consider switching out Bill Belichick, to, to fire Belichick or take away his personnel duties and see how he reacts to that? Um and, and I don't know the answer to that. I can tell you this, that, you know, Bill Belichick's way of building championship teams here in New England, it's it doesn't necessarily work the way that it did, you know, earlier uh, in, you know, like last decade, for instance. One of the things that Belichick loves to do is he likes to bring in depressed assets. And when I say depressed assets, I'm talking about a guy like, a Randy Moss or a guy like a Corey Dillon, right? They're a problem child elsewhere. It doesn't look like they're performing, but you know they've got that elite talent. And he brings him in. And back then they were joining a Super Bowl championship program with the greatest quarterback of all time. So, you know, most of them would fall in line and rediscover their greatness here in New England because they were motivated to join a franchise that had a great quarterback that was competing for Super Bowls every year. They were playing for a guy that was being called the greatest coach in NFL history. Well, all that stuff's gone now, including the idea that Bill Belichick is the greatest, like the shine is off of his star. So now 
it's it's harder to get those guys to come in and turn them around or get them to buy in to the Patriot way or what have you. And I would say the same thing about free agency. We could get some free agents here in New England probably at a, at a cheaper price because, hey, you want to win a championship? You want to play with Tom Brady? You want to play for Bill Belichick? Come here. It might you, We might not pay you as much as you can get elsewhere, but you got a chance to compete for a Super Bowl title. Now the Patriots are just another team. They're going to have to pay top dollar if they want to get free agents because New England is is no longer a destination spot for free agents. It isn't. It just well, isn't. So, it, and I just don't think you know you can build a team, you know, the way that Belichick used to any longer. I just think it's different. The Patriots don't have that cachet anymore to be able to do some of those types of things. Well, to to speak to your point about the depressed assets thing, Scott, there's too many. This is an offensive league now. This league is dominated by its skill position players. There's too many teams that have great skill position players. So you trying to turn a depressed asset from from water into wine, it doesn't work anymore because all these other teams have a have an array of fine wines that they can choose from on their offense. Uh, you know, Miami has what they have. Buffalo has what it has. The Niners have what they have. The Eagles have all the uh, all the players that they have. And I, I think the the key to success is having multiple options that are elite on your offense. I think that's what the top of the league is now. And so trying to find a depressed asset and not having the guy that would turn water into wine under center obviously doesn't help that. Um, you know, so I, I just there's too much talent in the league. You can't just turn you can't go out and trade for Devontae Parker and think that he's going to turn into an elite number one wide receiver anymore because Tyreek Hill's in your division. Stefan Diggs is in your division. You know, all these guys that are so good that help their young quarterbacks succeed. Um, you, you just can't, you can't build that way anymore, especially without Brady. And, you know, on the long drive up here to Ithaca, you know, you spend five-plus hours in the car. You talk about stuff like this. And this topic was brought up. And then we were – after dinner last night, I had a beer at the bar, and, and one of the Brown football coaches brought this up as well, too. Bill hasn't done himself any favors in terms of the coaching staff. You know, for years, there was always that next guy. So when a coach moved on, they had developed a younger coach that was ready to step in and step up. And it doesn't seem like the Patriots have that anymore. And 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 the, the coach who we were talking to said, I'm sorry, but I think, you know, the nepotism part of this and Bill empowering his sons who just weren't football guys, I don't think that helped the organization either. And not that their problems are on the defensive side of the football. They're definitely more on the offensive side. But he just felt like, you know, collectively Bill's done a bad job in terms of the makeup of his coaching staff. It's not just putting together the roster. It's been a collective failure across the board. I think last year, Scott, when Josh McDaniels walked out and and took the Raiders job, you should have had somebody younger on your staff that was ready to go to take over as the offensive coordinator. I, th- I thought Nick Cayley might be that guy. That was the name that we had heard. Yep. And I think to me, if a younger guy on the staff, you know, is elevated to that role, he feels he's ready. He puts the confidence in him. And then last year doesn't go so well. I, you know, I, I don't know if we would have been, you know, as upset as we were with the situation, we might've said, well, he's, you know, he's a young coach. Maybe it's just going to take some time. We were so upset because we were like, you're putting Matt Patricia and, and Joe Judge in charge of the offense. Like, what what are we doing? Where where's the preparation? Where's where's the the next guy? Where's the next Josh McDaniels in your organization? Did we not develop him? 
do you not have enough coaches to do that? Like, what, what, why are we having this setup? Like, I, there should have been somebody younger that they had confidence in that was ready to go. And I think that would have benefited Mac too, because I think it would have been a more collaborative effort. And I think they probably would have worked well, you know, two young guys running the offense, that sort of thing. It sounds more natural to me than what they did. And I think that's led to, you know, some of the problems that they've had offensively the last year plus. All right, let's go to the calls before we take our first break here in hour number two. It's Joe in a car. Joe, good morning. You're next on Cordishi and Coit on WEEI. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Scott. You know, I love your show. I've been listening to you for a long time. But some of the things you say, you guys got to stop, stop with the excuses for Mac Jones. Let me ask you a question, Scott. You've heard of Detroit Lions. Can you name me one wide receiver, one offensive guy on that team? Yeah, Armand Ross St. Brown is better than any receiver the Patriots have. Yep. Okay. Give me another one. Jamison really... Williams. They drafted him in the first round yeah, last year. Yeah, true. That's I, right. I, didn't, I, I didn't ask you. I asked Scott. But anyway, my point is. Oh, okay, Joe. Is... Well, guess what? I'm a co-host of the <laughs> yeah. show. Hang up, it, Joe. Hang up, Joe. Well, I'm not what? doing this. Guess Come what? on, guess man. You don't don't do that. No, don't don't be rude, man. Don't be rude. That's rude. Seriously, yeah. you come on Facts. the show and say, oh, I was, wasn't talking to you. I was talking to Scott. Come on, man. S- see what happens, guys, when we start talking Patriots, the negativity just flows in. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's, that's just not talking Patriots. That's just being rude. Seriously, dude? I didn't ask you. I asked Scott. What do you think? Scott doesn't, doesn't know. And, and he even said, hi, Scott and Scott, not even acknowledging I your know. existence. Exactly. Yeah, that's nice, Joe. Come on, man. Be more respectful. Do better. You want to you you come on the show and talk to us? Fine, but don't come on and yell and be disrespectful. That's what that just was. He's becoming the new Steve from Fall River, isn't he? I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> last two weeks, man. Holy cow. Oh, you know? But I think – yeah, yep. go ahead. Yeah, no, so ahead. I'm, I'm done. No, okay. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> 401-777-1037 is the phone number if you'd like to join us. What do you think's going on in Bob Kraft's head right now? What do you think Bob Kraft should do? Should he do something during the season? Should he wait to do something during the offseason? And what is that thing or what are those things that you recommend he does do to try to turn this Patriots ship around? We'll continue with your phone calls when we come back. You're listening to Kordeshi and Coit on WEEI. Now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 